0: Good morning, Rutherford County. I always enjoy
2: having my old buddy, Greg Tucker, on who has done so much for Rutherford County. Uh, Your family has reached out to so many areas and uh, I have been so proud of a lot of the things that you've done. And uh, I had a great day yesterday. My uh, grandson, uh, Landon Jones, 24 years old. And we had everybody over, had a great party, and we finished it off. I, I, I shouldn't say we, because I'm not a, a puzzle person, but 1,000 pieces of the puzzle were done yesterday. <laughs> it's a big puzzle. That is a big puzzle. And uh, it's just one of those things. It carried me back to years ago. When the families would all get together and enjoy each other's company and the fellowship of it all. Um, It was a good weekend for me. How about you? Well, we didn't do any jigsaw puzzles, but you remind
3: me with nostalgia. Both of my grandmothers were big on jigsaw puzzles. Uh And I just knew whenever I visited that the card table over in one corner of the den always had an in-progress jigsaw puzzle. And uh, I'd sit down with whichever it was, and we'd put the puzzle together. And after it was all put together, I always wanted to save it, but it <laughs> usually me got, too. Yeah it, usually, yeah, it it would lay there for a while, but then it would get pushed
2: aside for the next one. Uh, it it seemed like it was a lot of work. It seemed like you're painting a portrait and oil painting or something like that. And then all of a sudden, after it's done, you just tear it up and throw it away and start something else. Well, speaking of nostalgia, we, well, we we talked a couple of
3: weeks ago about our friend in Kentucky,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Sam Woods. I got a letter from Sam on Saturday Oh, <clears throat> to remind our listeners, Sam Woods was for... Thirty-some years, the uh, one of the leading large animal vets here in Rutherford County. Uh, he had succeeded his father, mm-hmm. in uh, that practice uh, together. I, I think they practiced close to 70 years in the in the county. Uh, Sam also uh, was the one of the original founders of our country ham uh, business here, which his nephew is still. Running Bob. very successfully, yeah, yep. Bob Woods. Uh, and Sam's 100 years old. Ooh. and uh, But he writes me, and what he does is when he thinks of something that he uh, thinks interesting and remembers fondly, he'll drop me a note about it. So this one that he wrote on July 14th, first first sentence from me, it says, In the 1950s and before... Rutherford County was known as the Dairy Center of the South. Mm-hmm. We all remember, well, most yep. of us that age remember remember that. They used to tout it on the front page of the newspaper every morning. <laughs> over on the left, it'd say, Dairy Capital of the South. Uh, but, of course, Sam in his practice was quite close to it. And he said, uh, we had Jersey milk cows originally. Not much milk, but lots of fat. And indeed, he's talking about the butterfat content of the milk, which was the reason the Rutherford County Co-op Creamery was known all over the United States. And I believe they called their brand name was Magnolia Butter. Yeah. But uh, if you go back through the paper, every year Magnolia Butter would win all the competitions around the country that they entered in. And... uh, was a big, big consumer of milk produced locally. But then we also had the carnation evaporated milk plant, which uh, made heavy demand for the milk with uh, butterfat. But, Sam goes on, Holstein cow, lots of milk, very little fat, replaced the uh, <laughs> Jersey cows. And remember, Oh, I
2: love the Jerseys.
3: <clears throat> yeah, you remember who among our... Uh, lately departed friends had something to do with the conversion to Holstein. Myers Parsons was yeah. a cattle broker.
2: He was also a teacher at, at, at Central, uh, he, Central.
3: I remember him telling me he was, he was doing a whole lot better brokering cattle, so he went full-time into that and then a number of other businesses. Yeah. But Sam goes on, uh, very quickly moves away from cattle and says, early pilots, airplane pilots... Landed on his uncle Billy's farm, which was on Braidable Pike. Uh, the Chelsea Apartments, the Mercury Plaza shopping center, the Kroger area over there—all was part of the Woods Farm.
2: And his uncle—it's hard to imagine. is it
3: was one. Well, it used to be what's now Middle Tennessee Boulevard back yeah. then was Fourth Avenue, dead-ended uh, at the what now is Mercury Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I can remember riding my bike down to the fence, coming back up that way. Uh, but that was Uncle Billy Wood's farm. And while we're pilots landing there, we're talking about the 1920s, mid-1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sky Harbor wasn't built until about 1928, so it wasn't there. Uh, he explains. He says, uh, well, he also remembers they landed not only on uh, Uncle Billy's farm, But they landed on uh, a farm owned by a fellow named Harris, which was right next to the old fairgrounds. According to Sam, he writes, the reason they came to Murfreesboro is they followed the railroad to keep from getting lost. And if they had fuel or anything, they put down on the nearest farm, where it was an open area, along the railroad area. (laughs) So... uh, Sam, I wrote him back quickly and said, keep it up. I want to hear from you
2: some more. That's pretty special w- with him b- b- having all of that knowledge. And at 100 years old, my goodness. I mean, j- just think of, he should be writing a book right now. Well, maybe he is, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've got, in my
3: four books, I'd say there's at least four stories where he contributed uh information or gave me a lead. Uh, The Woods family, uh, one of his ancestors was one of the owners of the Braydeville Pike at one time Mm. and uh, I have in my file the copy of the Turnpike Stock Certificate made out to the Woods. (laughs) Uh, So a lot of history there, but any time you've got a family that's been in the area, for instance, uh... john woods was a uh, state legislator in the general assembly following the civil war mm-hmm. and uh, i think he was the one that amassed the large farm that eventually billy uh, inherited and operated uh... and then there was another one uh, woods that uh, sam has shared with me uh... who fought in the mexican war uh... and uh lived out in the southwest for a while before coming back here. He, he was uh, also a veterinarian
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: in that period. So
3: a lot of history in the Woods family.
2: Well, you didn't mention the fact that a lot of the would, would be our grandparents, um, They after the cows were milked and, and uh, all the milk was put in the, the, the big cans to be shipped out, uh, our, my grandmamas would always make sure that they uh, make plenty of butter before ah. that is gone out. Yeah, and, 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 and most of us my liver. age, we got to help, which, ah. which was pretty neat back then. They were we were creators back then. They were
3: She was skimming the milk before she sold it to the processor. Of course. Processor. <laughs> <laughs> why, why were not, you going to let that slip by? Why not? Why not? Uh, another family name is going to be featured tonight. Uh, tonight is a meeting of the Rutherford County Historic Society. Yes. meeting will be over at the county archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, some members meeting, but everyone is welcome. It's an open meeting. And uh, the program is going to be presented by Raleigh and Aurelia Holden mm-hmm. about uh, the oldest business on the square, the Holden Hardware Company, and how it got, got started. Uh, I slip in a little bit. Uh, it got started in about 1947, 48, and uh, has been a mainstay on the square ever since but everybody's invited 7 o'clock tonight at the uh, archives for uh, the history of the Holden Hardware Empire.
2: Wouldn't that be nice if uh, all of the attorneys in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County would give up their property so that we could have uh, a museum all the way around the square and and, uh, operate it like... uh, they used to back in back in the old days. The old uh, uh, maybe the uh, people who were in the uh, business of uh, giving people the pharmaceutical people and all of those things. I think we had four or five on the square at one time, at least. Yeah, and and most of the attorneys are, have done really really well right there on the squares. And uh, it would be a a, a nice thing to for them to uh, give back to the community. I remember when they were unhappy with me uh, trying to uh, move all of the judicial uh, parts of uh, our government uh, out on uh, 231 South where we had land there, but they just didn't want to cooperate. Well,
3: Don't know whether I should touch that not. No, I think if I were you, I
2: would bypass that one. Yeah.
3: But there was a decision made at some time to place the new Judiciary Center as close, Where to, it the, is. As close to the downtown area as they could. Yeah. and uh, Of
2: course, I, I don't know why they were in such support of it being there. Of course, it did make their jobs within walking distance of, of, of everything that was going on. You think they would have
3: moved their offices if the Judicial Center had gone south? Uh,
2: it wouldn't have been a, in a way that it would be easily managed. Well, let's see. <laughs> I love it when your face turns red. midred. Uh, Greg's face is red right now. Speaking of attorneys, <laughs> George White is the executor
3: for his mm-hmm. aunt or great aunt, yeah. uh, Florence Ridley who was a longtime resident of... uh, She was a sweetheart. ...of Adams Place, where we are this morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, we learned recently that uh, part of the estate is being given to the Historic Society. Mm -hmm. And the part that uh, particularly interests me, uh, uh, Flossie is what I called her. She and I were close in those late years that I was writing. Uh, She, her mother wrote three books mm. over, uh, well, back in the probably late 50s, early 60s. And she was writing, uh, kind of journaling what uh, she remembered and what she had learned from her mother, mm-hmm. her mother. Uh, and uh, two of the books, the second and third book, there still were quite a few copies of it that the family had. Those have all been given to the Historic Society, and they're available now at the Historic Society offices on Academy. And uh, a few are also available through Oakland's. Uh, is also going to be uh, selling. And uh, of course, it, every time uh, someone becomes acquainted with the writings, the question is, what happened to the first book? This is the second book and the third book. Uh, Well, if you're really curious, the uh, Historic Library Collection uh, has a copy of the third book. I mean, excuse me, has all three copies. So it's available there if you're curious and want to read the first book. And uh, the reason the first book is uh, only available in that Historic Collection and a couple of personal files is uh, she was very candid about some of the prominent families in the area, and they objected. And her husband, Granville Ridley, decided that the book should not be in circulation. So uh, That's sad. The books were gathered up and, I assume, destroyed. Yeah. A few copies remain. Uh, Jimmy Ridley shared with me his copy. Mm-hmm. So I have a copy of the book. And uh, it is... Well, uh, I believe in my third book, we wrote quite a bit about Elizabeth House and uh, what she had written. Uh, And it does cast light on some of the mysteries of our local community. Uh, But primarily gives you a sense of what life was like in the early 20th century, following the Victorian age, the 1890s. what life was like, and uh, particularly interesting is her comments on the relationship between the races during that period, and how interdependent the uh, the, the people were, and uh, uh, very interesting. She also. Uh, adds quite a bit to uh, an understanding of the problems at Seoul College, Sewell College, mm-hmm. uh, the girls uh, finishing school back in that period, which of course disappeared about 1912, 1914, somewhere in there. Uh, and uh, But the section on what she calls the Duskies, D-U-S-K-I-E-S, is fascinating, and I think that is found in all three of the books. Uh, the uh, dependence of the uh, prominent white families on what she refers to as the Duskies, this being the domestic help
2: Mm -hmm.
3: in uh, the prominent, uh, the affluent families.
2: You know, sometimes you have to step on a few toes to get the message out where... uh, People can actually understand what was going on in those particular eras mm-hmm. and if you don't I think it's a it's it's a misjustice to not share all of that the way it was because nothing is perfect no matter which uh, particular generation you grow up in um. In particular, to give one example of how things
3: changed, back in the early 1900s, there were not institutions where uh, an aging uh, relative with, say, Alzheimer's would mm-hmm. be cared for and such. The families made those arrangements. Well, the wealthiest, most prominent family in 1910, about that time, uh, was the Darrow family. And the Darrow's lived in what is now our Oakland's uh mansion, owned the Oaklands farm. They called it something different. They called it uh, Oak Manor, I believe. Mm -hmm. Changed the name a little bit. Uh, And uh, they had uh, Tippy Swope, Dara, the lady of the family, had an uncle who was, uh, as we would say, uh, declining. Mm -hmm. And uh, they took him in, gave him an isolated part of the facility there, and uh, uh, tended to him. And uh, he rarely, if ever, was seen in public or seen by the public. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they maintained him until he passed away. And uh, he did not socialize with the family. He was more or less isolated. But he was cared for
2: by the family. Those type of things are not uh, easily managed. But if you have a love for your people, you can do it and be proud of what, not only proud of what you did, but uh, you maintain a close relationship. And, um, you know, that's one thing that they don't, I, I haven't seen many people reaching out that way when you have a loved one who unhappily has gotten uh, something either related to Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever. And, um, uh, you know, we keep hearing all of these things that are changing, but the love part is never brought in. It's rarely brought in when you start thinking about those things. And the close relationship between a man and a woman through the years is the most special thing that you've got. You love your kids, but that relationship is what really stands out as far as I'm concerned.
3: I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Truman. (laughs) I mentioned the history collection. It's, uh, It's in transit. Uh, the new archives facility. Last month, the uh, Historic Society program was presented by our county archivist, John Lodl, who gave us, gave the society members an orientation to the new archives.
2: He has great photos, doesn't he? he terrific great picture, photos,
3: yeah. uh, but all the judicial and county administrative records that mm-hmm. uh, we preserve are there. But part of the arrangement is the history collection. Uh, which is the non has been a non-circulating part of the linebaugh library, is being moved to the new archives, mm-hmm. and as I say, it's in transit. I'm not even sure whether the packing has begun, but it will, in the future, be accessible there at the uh, at the archives itself, and uh, that is quite a collection. I have relied upon it um, many times. Uh, has all the old ghoul writings and the. Uh, Murphy writings, and as well as uh, an, an elaborate, extensive genealogy
2: mm-hmm.
3: reference collection, and uh, that'll all be accessible on site. I'm, you know, those books should not, do not circulate, but uh, are available for use on site uh, for research purposes. And uh, I know the genealogy part of the collection has been very popular. In fact, I think there's a local group that regularly meets there mm-hmm. and references that.
2: Will there, will there be a place at the courthouse where the Historic Commission will have some type of office? I don't know why I didn't bring that up earlier. but Well, you're talking about the Historic Society? Yeah. Uh,
3: there will be part of the collection. In fact, already a little bit is there. Uh, from the historic society Mm -hmm. but the society I'm sure will make access uh, to the public uh, through the library Mm -hmm. the museum collection it is however under the domain and uh, control of the county not the society, society is a private group Uh, but uh, uh, there's a lot of overlap in personnel and uh, the society has been involved in uh, offering guidance and suggestions
2: and I was thinking it'd be special of course you wouldn't follow suit on this I know you but if you were there from time to time you had special times that you would be there after the museum is actually finished and created we're gonna to have to take a, cre- uh, a quick break because I hear the music and and it's, it's not the type of music I would dance with
3: I don't hear the music
2: okay Oh, it's getting louder now. (laughs) All right, we'll be back in a couple minutes.
1: Come on out to French's Shoes and Boots' second annual summer bash presented by Durango Boots, Friday through Sunday. French's has 15% off all Durango Boots, plus door prizes, giveaways, food, and much more. Catch a live performance by Matt Rogers Friday 5-6.30 to and Kimberly Kelly Saturday 1-2.30 to at French's Summer Bash, presented by Durango Boots. It
5: makes good sense to shop at French's, French's Shoes
1: and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Hello, this is Ken
4: Lane from Bullseye Gun and Range, inviting you to join us at our grand opening event. Check out our newly remodeled retail store and our brand new beautiful indoor shooting range. Come by Bullseye and browse over a thousand guns. Meet our two full-time gunsmiths and tour the shooting facility. Our new hours are nine to seven, so stop by Bullseye on Friday and Saturday, July the 23rd and 24th. You don't wanna miss the fun, so see you there.
1: Are you looking for a different kind of bank? Open your eyes to a credit union. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hardworking Americans achieve their financial goals faster. And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA. Hi guys, this is Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. During these uncertain times, like you, I'm focused on keeping my family and myself safe and healthy. While many areas of our lives have been put on hold, health emergencies are still taking place. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas hospitals are open 24/7 and have strict safety precautions in place. I'm sharing this message with all of my middle Tennessee neighbors. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. Go straight to the ER. This view was worth a hike, right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people forty five plus at average risk.
6: Coligard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer.
1: Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit coligard.com.
2: I'm in.
0: Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
6: I'm Ron Jordan. Even though the worldwide pandemic has again forced the cancellation of the 2021 International Folk Fest, the Cripple Creek Cloggers are continuing to grow and teach the art of Appalachian-style square dancing with a clogging step. Founder and director Steve Cates say the classes begin at 4.30 p.m. Sunday afternoon on August 29th at the Smyrna Senior Center on Rakes Street. He stressed no dance experience is necessary and all lessons are free. And a new study from grocery delivery service Instacart is revealing the most popular flavor of ice cream purchased in Tennessee. Moose Tracks is the number one in the volunteer state. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is releasing the identity of a Rutherford County inmate who died after fighting with another prisoner. The TBI confirmed yesterday 29-year-old Jose Ramos Mendoza died at Skyline Medical Center from injuries received during the altercation. TBI officials say they're investigating the circumstances surrounding the fight at the request of the Attorney General's office. Williamson County is tops among Tennessee's 95 counties when it comes to COVID-19 vaccination rates. Nearly 50% of the county's population is fully vaccinated. Among those in Williamson County who are over 65, the rate is 90%. It would take 70% of the entire population to reach herd immunity. The mother of Joe Clyde Daniels is due to appear at a Dixon County court today for a status hearing. Crystal Daniels is charged with one count of aggravated child neglect and the death of her son, Joe Clyde, who is five years old. The boy's father, Joseph, was convicted of second-degree murder last month, and police say Mrs. Daniels admitted to being home at the time of the killing. More news at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates
0: around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSradio.com. We are News Radio WGNS.
1: Hello, this is Greg Tidwell from Bell Jewelers. We're in the love business. People that come in here are happy, celebrating special occasions, and we're very
2: secretive. We don't talk about what people purchase. You need to announce that yourself,
0: but we're ready to celebrate when you are. Come by and see us at Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street. We're across the street from Toots. We're open 10 to six
2: during the week.
1: us online at TN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies, a high in the mid-80s, winds out of the northeast to 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer on on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. You can see six-dollar movies on Mondays at Premier Six Theater on Broad in Jackson Heights. That's right. Catch a new movie for just six bucks every Monday. Plus, 46-ounce popcorn, just two dollars at Premier Six Theater on Mondays. From NHCS Adams Place, home of Premier
0: Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. And welcome back. Uh, Greg, we have a
2: caller on the line. Well, welcome aboard, caller. Yeah.
4: Well, good morning, guys. This is Marty Lachman from downtown beautiful metropolitan Smyrna.
2: Oh, great, big boy. How are you?
4: Well, I'm pretty miserable right now, but I seem to be getting better a little bit every day. Uh, I'm in an excellent health care facility. It's called Hickory Woods down here in Laverne. Mm-hmm. And the um, physical therapists are doing an outstanding job of reattaching the nerves on my spinal column. And wow getting my legs working again i can move my legs now and i can move my feet now so hopefully it's just a matter of time and i'll be on a walk or i uh, scooting well, along so we'll, we'll see
3: our, our listeners have been following your progress because uh, if some of them don't recall you were the victim of a, a very brutal uh traffic accident and for a yeah, while there, we, we we were concerned, really, that you were going to be able to make any kind of comeback. But I can tell by the the sound of your voice that you've made a whole lot of progress. Uh, you want to give us what you think is going to be the progress over the next couple of months?
4: Yeah, oh, actually, I, I, I'm going to be walking. I know in my mind, in my heart, and, and on my page, I've got thousands of people playing for me right now. So, That's good. I'm sure God has looked down and said, well, "Who is this guy? i ain't heard from him before." So <laughs> I, I do. I have a wonderful bunch of prayer warriors right now, and and, and uh, I've got them, I've got prayers coming from Russia, Germany, France. I've got several, Austria. Uh, Bolivia I've had a few from Bolivia coming. So it's a. Uh, it's wonderful to have this kind of support, Canada. Well,
3: I'm, I'm sure those international contacts have been listening to the Truman Show. And well, they, they, often who,
4: they often ask, who is Truman? They know you. <laughs>
2: that's, that's a good question. <laughs> I am so glad that you're bouncing back, Marty.
4: Well, and and really, why. nobody
2: thought it would keep you down, anyway.
4: Well, I did. I got real
3: depressed. I, to, yeah, I remember our first conversation. Uh, you've come a long, long way. Congratulations. Well,
4: thank you. Yeah. I know. I did. I know your My your bot? horse,
3: your mount, is looking for you.
4: Oh, Somebody's been is. taking care
3: of the horses, hasn't they? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. They're in great
4: shape. They, they probably don't even know who I am anymore, but. and the the people in the foreign countries just praying for me right now they're all horse people can you imagine that they they follow my horse they don't follow me they follow my horse so yeah yeah, it's a good thing so I hope to be walking a little bit by August I'm I'm really headed in that direction
3: well you've always been my go to guy for Smyrna history I want you back out uh, available as a resource as soon as possible
4: Well,
3: trust me, I'm going to try. I really am.
4: I'm working on it.
3: I appreciate you guys thinking about me. I really do. Wonderful. Well, for those who don't know, Marty was one of the early supporters and advocates of a local museum. Yeah. And uh, when we were first talking about the possibility of parts of the courthouse, uh, he was very much involved in the discussion. So we need you back on the ground advocating for our local history, Marty.
4: Okay. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me this
2: morning. You guys take care. Bye-bye. You too, Marty. Marty's a special fella. He really is. He has lived life to the fullest, and he's going to be back doing that again. So I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy for him. Well, he does something that
3: none of the rest of us have done, which we've mentioned many times, riding a horse and shooting some kind of shotgun pistol in competition.
2: Uh, He's our masculine Annie Oakley. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hope
3: you hear that, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm reminded of another fellow who I remember very fondly, part of Sam Wood's generation, uh, the official Mr. Murfreesboro, Tommy Martin. And you know what reminds me of Tommy Martin?
2: What reminds you of Tommy Martin?
3: I think his two daughters are present with us at the moment.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I get to see Mary Edith quite often, but we've we've added another one in here. Rosalie visiting
3: from Maine. She moved as far away as she could get. I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm glad she didn't know about Alaska at that time. Well, we're delighted to have him. Tommy Martin uh, earned the title, Mr. Murfreesboro, because before we had a really aggressive Chamber of Commerce, we had Tommy Martin, and he brought... uh, a number of uh, businesses and uh, business interests and uh, helped develop. That was back 60s, 70s when Murfreesboro was just beginning to develop and uh, he brought in a lot of uh, new employment, new opportunities and I'm not sure what capacity he was working in except he was just loved Murfreesboro and uh, uh, promoted Murfreesboro and uh, if you ever knew Tommy Martin, it was hard not to immediately like him. He was all over you with friendliness.
2: He was—he had that great personality that attracted everybody to him. And in turn, he attracted people coming in from outside the city of Murfreesboro down there. It was like a magnet. It was unbelievable.
3: Well, he had a sideline. Uh, he sold insurance.
2: Yeah, well. And
3: after doing a number of things and being with him, he called me one day and said, Greg, and he asked me about uh, my insurance coverage. And he says, I'm not trying to sell you anything, just trying to help out. And
2: uh, Was it New York Life or something like that? Mutual of New York. Mutual of New York. Okay. Yeah. uh, And I've still got money pencils, Tommy Martin, agent.
3: (laughs) Good to see you, too. Rosalie, why don't you come
2: over here and sit in this chair and
3: talk to us a little bit.
2: Her mic won't work. Because you're using the only one that's working over there.
3: I will work that out. We'll work (laughs) that out. I'm going to put mine over to her.
5: Good morning.
3: Among other things, this lady was very important in the development of the Discovery Center
2: the Discovery Center yeah, you take it she doesn't hear me. yeah. okay Rosalie uh, how did you get involved in something like the Discovery Center
5: well Billy and and Joe Little Billy Little was the driving force mm-hmm. behind the discovery and it was first called the Discovery House
2: I remember that mm-hmm. yeah
5: it was in the old Kaysen House On Maple, was that on Maple? And then it became a fraternity, and then it became the Discovery House. Wow! And uh, my husband, I moved up to New England to go to graduate school, fell in love, and uh, my husband and I came back to Murfreesboro, Mm -hmm. and. Billy approached me about working at the Discovery House, and, oh. I was, and it was a joyful job. I loved it.
2: The, the, the city has changed so much since we were all kids. I mean, uh-huh. going to school at Central and, and things like that. Um, how in the world could you move up there in New England, in, in that particular area up there, and leave heaven heaven I mean I mean it's almost like you went the other way
5: well you know what heaven is everywhere in the world I've lived a number of places I've lived from from uh, Maine to Africa to mm-hmm. the Caribbean mm-hmm. and they're We're all one family, and I wanted to know a little bit of my family around the world. I think we can often be isolated in this wherever we are, and I needed to go out and meet some of my family around the world, and that was my path that God gave me.
2: That's the only way you can really understand people is be with them and, and, and see how they live and, and what they think. And uh, and it's it's the same with us. Uh, when we, we travel, we're basically, just like your dad, we're ambassadors for this area around here. That's right. It makes a big difference, doesn't it?
5: It does. And I think the more we can know people in the world, the more we can realize we're alike, no matter what color your skin is or what... Religion you are. Yeah. We're all the same. And we all have the same needs and wants. And the more we get to know each other, then the more we'll become as one.
2: Sometimes the leaders of countries don't really represent the people, the that, people. That, that that they're governing at the time.
5: All over the world it's like that. Yeah. Because people have the same needs. And if the people had a little more control than the roots, we would be together as yeah. one country. I think more like.
2: Do you office. think uh, Miss Sarah Young was able to represent all the countries of the world? Did you have her in high school? I don't
5: remember Miss Sarah. Oh,
2: come on, give me a break.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had uh, one. Of, one of my the teachers I can remember the best was uh, Miss Manley uh-huh. from fourth grade. she taught us how to knit. and I can remember a lecture she gave to the boys in our class about because girls had to wear dresses to school then, and we weren't we couldn't get on the monkey bars. And when we tried to, then, you know, the boys would make fun of us and giggle. Yeah. And she, I remember her lecturing us about... It was a kind of the beginning of sex education <laughs> about being respectful of girls. In the fourth grade? In the fourth grade. Wow. And, and I'll never forget that. And then when I was in sixth grade... Oh, I remember in fifth grade, Miss Man- Manson—I think was her name—and we did the Mexican hat dance, and you know, and that began for me to learn a little bit about another country. I remember that; I can still do that dance, and remember the song she taught us. Are you
2: going to get up and do it for us?
5: La 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 la! <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> And then sixth grade, I had Miss Briney. She played the violin. This is all at campus school. And and she taught us. Oh, you
2: us. were the privileged kids.
5: You know, that's true now.
2: Yeah, you really White were.
5: privileged. And that's true, and I know that now. But at the time, you don't know. You're just living your life.
2: Well, you should have gone to Kittrell like I did <laughs> and all the county schools. And then uh, Mitchell Nelson, which was a... Fairly new school at the time, and then uh, Central uh, was an amazing place for education, wasn't it? Because and we had such great teachers at that time.
5: Betty Hamilton
2: mm-hmm.
5: was the number one influence on my life. I was in you were the in band. the band, <laughs> and we were. She demanded that we excel, mm-hmm. and we worked together as a group. And I had the privilege of going on these beautiful trips to New York City, Mm to uh, Florida, and the highlight was John F. Kennedy's inauguration. Wow! And I got to march right by him, and you know he had on his top hat and just salute him. And my sister took a picture on the television of I me mean, because it was on television, you know, but of course it just showed the flash. <laughs> but anyway, that was such a treat. And we worked together so hard and and it was my first time of realizing that as an individual, becoming part of this greater group and, and working together.
2: Mm-hmm. And
5: I think that anyway, that was one of the highlights for me in high school.
2: Did you hear, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country?
5: I certainly did, and that still is one of my... I try to live by that. I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful...
2: So you got to be close to him when he was given that speech, uh, as far as his inauguration, you might say.
5: Well, I was, you know, we were marching between the the uh buses trying to get it was freezing cold that morning it had snowed yeah and they had all the buses lined up so we could so while he was making that talk that we were getting ready for the parade and then you know so i didn't really get to hear that until later Mm -hmm. but it certainly was a beautiful beautiful message to give to the people of our country
2: Betty Hamilton was very strict wasn't she
5: Extremely and and but she ha- she held the respect of every child that had an opportunity to be with her
2: And you think about the people who made the biggest impact on our lives see I'm over in the sports part with, with uh, Mr. Pate And, and you remember. talking about strict now He
5: was strict I remember Mr. Yeah. Pate
2: so we had we we weren't just loosey goosey like you know they've been in years past. Uh, it it was a uh, it was uh, a special time, and most of us, once we've gotten of age, we we appreciate a lot of the things that that were taught us during that time and made us. Um, I guess we would become uh, uh, very. Um, I, I, I guess it was it's hard for the kids today to relate back when we tell them we we grew up in what I still consider the golden years of this country. And uh, it, it, it's uh, its it's hard to pass that message on.
5: Well, I think you know each child that comes along, that's their golden years and they will carry on.
2: That's more like 10.
5: <laughs> they will keep carrying on, you know, and, and we have to keep growing. hmm Each generation brings about, and ch- things change, and we keep growing. And how beautiful that is, because it would be boring if everything stayed the same. But we did grow up in a wonderful time. and
2: But we were th- taught by our grandparents, our parents, they made sure that they passed that message on to us.
5: And I think we try to do that today, don't we? Don't you try to pass those on to your grandchildren? You were talking about your grandchildren.
2: Are you forgetting the social media?
5: (laughs) Oh, the social media is important, though. Oh, it is? It's part of the age. Oh. And we just have to, you know, just like our parents had to accept Rock and roll and the Vietnam War. I mean, all that was changed.
2: What was wrong with rock and roll?
5: Well, you know, p- parents didn't like rock and roll. Don't you remember your Oh,
2: parents? mine did. They loved Elvis. Mom, what are you talking about? <laughs> Not, well, <laughs> they would. Everybody wanted to go see Elvis when he came here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there. I
5: remember they would. There was a. They had the. In Philadelphia they had bandstand mm-hmm. and there was a local TV at uh, Dick Clark but there mm-hmm. was a local guy from Nashville and he would come and do so hop, sock, <laughs> hop, sock
2: hops, I see you usually
5: <laughs> Sock hops in Murfreesboro, and I remember going to him of course when we first started dancing it was over at Tiger Den
2: yeah we didn't get to go football oh, yeah. players. No, Ms. Pate wouldn't let us go.
5: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> That's right. I remember. There,
2: there was a, uh, since you were talking about that, there there was a, an M C uh, had a music program, and uh, for whatever reason, he lost his mind one night and started playing the same song, and he would, had the top 20, but he would play the same song for the top 20 Japanese Sandman. I remember that just like it happened yesterday. <laughs> and they finally got, had to get the police and break in and get him out of that oh, studio. Oh, my
5: goodness.
2: But it was driving me crazy because it was <laughs> late at night, and you know a teenager, you're listening to the music and things like that. Uh, you remember uh, Gary Davis, he would play records over at WGNS when they were over at the French shop. Hmm. Uh, the, the
5: Oh, yeah, above yeah. the... F- I remember that. And and
2: the boys and the girls would call in special requests of music for their boyfriend or girlfriend.
5: In that name. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, my mother was one of the first people that started Girl Scouting Mm -hmm. in Rutherford County. Ooh. And uh, we went up to the friend shop and we were, they had, we had to be uh, live models in that big you know, class window that have there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. That's. I'm glad you brought that. i have forgotten all about that. And I remember the radio was above the French shop. Yeah. Isn't that neat? i have yeah. forgotten about that memory. Well, anyway. see,
2: you, you, what's happened is you moved up north around Maine, and that all that high atmosphere up there kind of <laughs> wasted your brain away, huh? You
5: know, one of my... No, no, that's <laughs> not right. but one of my memories I had was we lived on First Avenue mm-hmm. and I would walk to campus school every day and then I would walk to Central High School. Mm-hmm. And the one of the days I was walking to school was the day that the first black boy came to Central High School. And I got to witness him walking in the front doors, and mm-hmm. the police were with him, and I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, how brave you are.
2: What year was that? I can't that remember. That was
5: 1962, I think. Okay. I graduated in 63, mm-hmm. and so I think I was a junior. The And to me, to my knowledge, you know, he was younger than me, and so I didn't have any classes with him, but... Uh, that was 19 I think it was 1962 when I was a junior in high school and mm-hmm. I just happened to be walking to school that day and that I'll never forget that 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 was to, that I was seeing history yeah and what a brave person he was to come to, to Central High School and how proud I was of him. yeah. You know, for
2: it's hard to walk in someone's shoes like that, isn't it?
5: Ooh, and he had to be so brave mm-hmm. to be the only black person showing but up. I don't
2: remember uh, a whole lot of uh, contentious attitudes during that time because I think we had a better situation here than most people in the I country. I think it
5: was, I'm sure he he had a lot of remarks, but You know? Do you know Dr. Bryn Martin? Yeah. I know Greg knows him. He's at MTSU, Mm -hmm. and he interviewed this uh, man. And I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Yeah. But
3: his father was a preacher.
5: Oh, that's right. His father was a preacher here.
3: This church. They
5: lived on. Here, do you need?
3: No. You can repeat what I say. He lived on East College was right there close to the campus. Hmm.
5: That's right. The young boy was a, his father was a Methodist minister. Mm-hmm. At the Key Memorial, and I remember Key Memorial Methodist Church and he was you know, he got <laughs> convinced his son to be brave enough to, you know, to help bring about this change that our country so greatly needed. Yeah. And uh I'm surprised Brandon. we don't
2: have his name. You mean uh, the first? It's in one of my books. Okay, you which one is it?
3: Probably the third book, The Ramblings. What are we talking Yeah, The
2: Rutherford Ramblings. Ramblings. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have Bren, to go back and read that Yeah,
5: one. and Bryn recently interviewed him, Dr. Martin. You'll have to get to know him. He's my nephew and a wonderful young man. And uh, he he said that this. Young man was so humble mm-hmm. when he interviewed him. Like I didn't do anything special, <laughs> but yeah. he really did. I mean, and it's such an important part of our history for for our our country. So I was grateful that that Bryn recently interviewed him.
2: Yeah, and and uh, your family has a strong history here. And it, it's hard to leave a place. That you've been comfortable in all your life and, and move out to other areas to just kind of witness what's going on just like each state is like a different country most people don't realize that but um, it, it's um, when you get used to that type of fellowship and everything and you move to other areas I've had people wherever I go they say would you keep talking, please? I'd love to hear your accent and things like that. They want to know more about us once they see the personal side of each individual.
5: That's right. Wherever yeah. you go in the world, yeah, there's always someone to get to know. And everyone's story I have found all over the world is just unique and beautiful. And that when you have an opportunity to... And people up in Maine, they always love to listen to me talk. They said I hadn't lost my accent. I don't know if y'all think I have. Yes, you have.
2: You've lost it. You talk funny now. Yeah, yeah. I can't hardly understand you.
5: (laughs) But anyway, up there, they think I'm very southern. I have to say I'm from southern Maine when they ask me where I'm from.
2: (laughs) Are you closer to the ocean? Right
5: on the ocean.
2: Do you know Kent Siler? I don't. Um, uh, that's Bart Gordon's right-hand man when 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 he was in Congress, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a place uh, uh, right on the, the the water, you might say. Mm-hmm. He teaches over at the university. He teaches uh, um, political science mm-hmm. and does a really great job. Great. and and it, it's so interesting. I've had some of his students on the show, and uh, they uh, I'll, I'll have a, a a person who is pretty much. Neutral. And then I have a uh, a Republican and a Democrat. That's good. And uh, it's to listen to them. And I had one of the um, Democrats uh, who was very far to the left. And we started talking. And and I said, uh, Do you feel like that you'll always have the same thoughts in your head about politics? He said, Oh yes, there's no doubt about it. He said, uh, I'll always be this way. I said, Thirty years from now. You tell me what you're thinking. We
0: always at that time. do.
2: Because as you get older, you get more conservative, which is pretty much. Uh, well, I
5: don't think so. Not always.
2: <laughs> no, no, you're way. You're you're leaning all the way. Your left ear is touching the ground. Paul Marchbanks was his name.
5: I don't know him.
2: Well, that's the one that was uh, the one first one in the school. Oh, Paul. Yeah. Oh, uh,
5: Marchbanks. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, I need to learn so that name. now you know who it was. And I'll have to remember that name so I can tell his story. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I appreciate it.
2: Oh, it just popped in my head. Good. Yeah. Well, actually, I think his bride buried or, or, or one of them at the radio station.
5: Somebody his name. Well, I, th- yeah. I think that's wonderful. Well, yeah, good. That's, our Thank one,
2: you. that's our one listener. Oh, uh, you had yeah, about four or five call about that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, four uh-huh. or five people have called about that. Well, I'm grateful. It is thank amazing you. how they knew that right off.
5: I know. Almost
2: the entire audience. That's uh, great. Well, well okay. these, are the, these are the ones that, that called in from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> no, no, I'm sure they're right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And thank you for calling in and give us giving us that information. It's an important part of our history.
2: All right, uh, his wife, Mint- Rosalie. Uh, no, Mentry. Mintri- I'm thinking. Of, okay, okay, I'm thinking of you now. I've I've got too many things going on in my life right now. Sorry. But anyway, she's she said that. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Mentry. I'm about to pull it up again. Uh, please say thank you to Rosalie for all our years of friendship and for coming on the show today. Oh. No, that nice? She's the sweetest lady. She's
5: a beautiful soul.
2: Yes, yeah, she I'm is. I'm grateful to know her. And uh, Sam Goodwin, do you remember the Goodwins?
5: Of course I do.
2: Um, wait a minute, Sam. I've lost him. I'm getting so... Good. He's
3: not very good
2: at... You're right, I'm not.
5: <laughs> <laughs> On your cell phone, I know. On oh, my
3: cell phone. It's I hate hard. these
2: stupid things. <laughs>
3: Talk because we got dead. Okay, well, anyway.
5: Where was your father raised? My father was uh, from Athens, Alabama.
2: Oh, bless his heart.
5: And uh, my mother was from Millington. Her father was the mayor of Millington, Tennessee. And she went to, at that time, Athens, she, she got accepted to Vanderbilt University. She was Val Victorian of her class. And she. Uh,
3: where Tommy's school?
5: And Daddy didn't go to college. But Mother, it was during the Depression, so she went to this Methodist school in Athens, Alabama, uh, for two years. Her, You know, she, they decided during the Depression they didn't have enough money mm-hmm. to, for her to go. She was their only child, but they didn't have enough money for her to go to. Vanderbilt, so she went to this Athens, Athens College in Athens, Alabama, and uh, one of her roommates. She had a roommate named Snooks, and I, and she got a blind date with Daddy, and he drove his. I think he had a truck, and they had a big archway over the, the entrance into the college, and he pulled up in his truck and hit the the overhang and broke it (laughs) (laughs) made a good impression on him but you know what they fell in love wow and and then my mother uh went you know transferred to uh vanderbilt Mm -hmm. in nashville tennessee and My daddy was head of, he ran a MP Brothers grocery store in Athens, and they, he asked for a transfer to Nashville, and he became the manager of that. Wow. And, uh, as he asked go to Maryam in, uh, the Parthenon in the park, Mm -hmm. and, uh, anyway, and there were some... Men from the Mutual of New York that would shop at that grocery store. And uh, they came and said, well, we'd like, like you said, my daddy had a very charismatic. He did. He was like a magnet to people. (laughs) He loved people. And he gave that gift to my sister and I. I love people. And that's why I've loved going around the world and living around the world because I've met so many wonderful people.
2: (laughs) And bless your Around honor. the
5: world, but
2: oh, Sam! Sam uh, mentioned Paul uh, Marshbanks' uh, name and said he was in his class. Oh, good! So uh, and said he he thought of the world of him
5: in that nice? Yeah, that's wonderful. I yeah. didn't get an opportunity to get to know him. I, like I said, I was an upper classman at that time, and you know you tend to know people above you or with you and not the lower class as well. Yeah, but. I said that was God's gift that He let me see this young man coming to Central High School. Anyway, that my father went to school for—I mean, went to work for Mutual of New York.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and he had everybody insured in Rutherford County at that time. And
5: he—that's right. And he loved <laughs> giving away pencils. I used to work for him and help him cut out the the. Uh, Articles of the newspaper. That Mm -hmm. was my job. Every Saturday, I'd go and cut out articles of the newspaper, and then he'd, you know, he would send out these glad to see you, read this about you.
2: I got several of them. I got some.
5: (laughs) And so I I was part of that. He loved to do that and call people on their birthday and wish them happy birthday. He loved Murfreesboro. (laughs) And when they came here, my mother said, Well, I like. I like to come to this little town. They wanted to raise their family in a small place, but she loved that there was a university there because she said that helps bring in new ideas into the community and helps keep the community vibrant. And I think, like you said, that the university being a part of Murfreesboro helped Murfreesboro, you know, just come of age and and, and it gave it more... balance than a lot of other p- places in the south during the civil rights movement and that was a gift that we had yeah. and I know the uh, the uh, family that ran the funeral home the scales, scales. and my daddy when He made he, a
2: big impact he
5: on and, and mrs. scales she was the dynamo that that you know was the wind beneath her husband's wings too, yeah. and and I remember when Robert Scales became the vice—I don't know vice mayor, vice
4: mayor—and
5: mm-hmm. my father was very proud, you know, that we had a black vice mayor. Yeah. I thought that was one, you know, but that when, was. Smart. But when
2: all the uh, uh, disruption was going on in this country, they sent some people here to. Uh, kind of disrupt Murfreesboro a little bit he met them and told them don't come here he said we get along here we know each other here don't come here and try to cause problems and they left
5: and who was that that said that Mr. Scales yes
2: Dr. Robert Scales Uh yes and uh, uh, his uh, daughter still remembers that uh, when it happened
3: the
2: story on the air
3: when I had her on
5: once.
2: Yeah. And that neat. Yeah. So uh, every place in the country, I mean, you you see disruptions going on all across the uh, this nation, but this particular area right here has been special for many many years because we've. Um, um, it's hard to come into a place where people have a fellowship all the way across the line. And it's hard to come in and uh, uh, disrupt something like that. I mean, it's, they tried here uh, not that not that long ago. And, and, of course, all the law enforcement people were downtown in Murfreesboro. And uh, it made a big difference in how this community reacts to each other. When you have people coming in that want to cause problems, but the problems are not as, uh, uh, you might say, as bad here as you will in other places because we've always had respect for each other. Well, that's it a good, makes a big difference.
5: It does make a difference, and I hope we continue. You know, we've got a long way to go, though, to help bring about equality between people. There's still It's still this between men and women and black and white. We've still got to move forward and let the truth come out about You know lynchings on our square. You know I never knew that growing up here in Murfreesboro that we lynched black people on the square. That's
2: just no, no. No.
3: Well, the
5: lynchings were in Rutherford County or in Murfreesboro,
2: were they not?
3: There were a few, but far less
2: than people. There, there were horrible things that were done to people of all classes, all races. All of those things. We can't dwell on those things.
5: I know we can't dwell, but we need to teach it in our schools so that our children know the truth. Because until the truth comes out, we can't move forward together. We have to know. Are we
2: going to go all the way back into the 1500s and the 1600s about all the things that went on that we would not like at all?
5: Uh, Well, you know, we have to go back and... And so, I mean, I do think, you know, that we have to admit that what we've done to the indigenous people of this country. We didn't. Our ancestors did.
2: Yeah, but you go all the way back. There's nothing wrong with that. You live for today, hon. You focus on how you treat people today.
5: I agree with that. But we do have to know the truth, and we have to teach it. So that we can. But move what forward. is the truth, hon? The truth, and that's what we have to find out. And isn't that beautiful to think about that?
2: If, if we are able to focus on the real truth, and rather th- than what's been, you know, when you when you uh, lose a war, like in the 1860s, uh, who where does the message come from? The winners. When you look at just that one particular type of situation that was going on this this uh, city right here in our county it, it a lot of people were massacred right here in this community not by people from our side but for the other side well, as they of came course. in and we're, all the properties that were lost it, you, if you go on and go on about negative stuff it's hard to be the reality is hard to set in it, it's what we do today is the thing that really makes well, a difference.
5: It has to be some of both.
2: We, of we did? Yeah. <laughs> see there, Rosalie. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at night.